Chinese ships once again trespassed into Taiwan's prohibited and restricted waters near Kingman on Monday. According to Taiwan's Ocean Affairs Council minister, one ship briefly entered the prohibited zone, and four ships sailed into restricted waters. The official said the maneuvers had significant political implications and were an attempt by China to assert sovereignty. Premier Chen Jianren said Taiwan was closely monitoring the area and would strengthen enforcement measures against intruders. Banner in hand, members of the Taiwan Economic Democracy Union protest outside China's tourism office in Taipei. They denounce China's repeated trespassing in Jinmen's waters and its boarding of a Taiwanese tourist boat for inspection. Using all manner of encroachment, China is working to erode Taiwan's sovereignty. Such moves are quite clearly acts of political retaliation. About two weeks ago, two Chinese fishermen drowned while being chased by Taiwan's Coast Guard off Jinmen. Tensions have been escalating since. On Monday, Chinese ships once again entered Taiwan's restricted and prohibited zones near Jinmen. According to Chinese state media, the patrol had entered Taiwan's prohibited zone in a clear assertion of sovereignty. Premier Chen Jinren said the government was closely monitoring China's every move. We will again ramp up our enforcement measures. We are adhering to standard operating procedures as we carry out the necessary expulsions. Our restricted and prohibited zones were established through legal procedures, and announcements had been made. Taiwan's Coast Guard has undergone eight rounds of negotiation with the Chinese victims' families without reaching a consensus. Ocean Affairs Council Minister Guan Biling made another appeal to China on Tuesday. We have shown a good deal of goodwill, and we hope to reach a consensus as soon as possible and bring this episode to an end. The Chinese Coast Guard's intrusions carry significant political implications. Of course, they are an assertion of sovereignty. The Chinese fishermen's deaths are currently under investigation by Jimin's prosecutor's office. Guan stressed her impartiality, saying that uncovering the truth should be left to prosecutors. But with a political storm gathering across the strait, the facts of the case may not be enough to achieve a resolution. The chair of a major trade group says he's optimistic about this year's economy. Speaking at a gathering of the top eight trade groups, the CNAIC's Thomas Wu projected stable economic growth due to favorable domestic and international conditions. He also had four suggestions for the central government. First, he said Taiwan should become an international hub for AI. The government should also deepen investment in the green economy and asset management infrastructure. Finally, he called for better relations and exchanges across the Taiwan Strait. ECFA's share in our China exports has been decreasing, so its impact on our economy isn't so great. However, ECFA is still a very good measuring stick of our ability to communicate with China, and it would be a shame if it were scrapped. Stable conditions across the strait would be a very good thing for the livelihoods of people on both sides. This year, I expect favorable conditions both domestically and internationally, along with stable economic growth. If the stock market is a leading indicator of economic health, I would say we can be optimistic about economic growth. We are working on the issues raised by the CNAIC chair. During the transition on May 20th, these matters will be handed over to the new administration. 
Tsai thanked industry leaders for their support over the past years, during which the economy grew 3.17 percent. Wu noted that Taiwan was now the world's 20th largest economy and a vital part of the global supply chain. He urged the government to promote more forward-looking industries as the world undergoes geopolitical shifts and adjustments to its supply chain. TSMC's global expansion is continuing at full throttle, with the marking of a new construction milestone in Phoenix, Arizona. Last week, the company held a topping-out ceremony to place the last steel beam of its second semiconductor fab. At a recent Think Tank forum, U.S. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo thanked TSMC for investing in the U.S., stressing that Washington was committed to ensuring the project's success. Over in Tokyo, Japan's Prime Minister hailed TSMC's Kumamoto plant as a crucial step forward for his nation's chip industry. TSMC launched its first Kumamoto plant last Saturday. Following the grand opening, TSMC Chair Mark Liu and CEO C.C. Wei headed to Tokyo, meeting with Japan Prime Minister Kishida Fumio on Monday. We committed to the Prime Minister that uh, we will work with Japanese uh, semiconductor product uh, industry to unleash their innovation in semiconductor. Speaking after the meeting, Liu said he was thankful for Kishida's semiconductor strategy and the Japan government's subsidies, which made the Kumamoto plant possible. He also vowed to build up Kyushu's semiconductor supply chain. He said TSMC will start construction on its second Kumamoto plant in late 2024, targeting operations in 2027. The government of Japan has implemented unprecedented and bold support for the development of a domestic manufacturing base for advanced semiconductors. JASM's production of advanced logic semiconductors is an important step forward for Japan's industry. Driven by client demand, TSMC is expanding globally. As for TSMC getting support from local government subsidies, we'd welcome that. Industrial collaboration between Taiwan and Japan has a beneficial effect. Japan has offered TSMC 1.2 trillion yen or about 250 billion NT for its two fabs in Kumamoto. Meanwhile, the U.S. is set to announce a new subsidy package for TSMC's plant in Arizona, possibly before U.S. President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on March 7th. Speaking at a think tank event, U.S. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo brought up TSMC, emphasizing Washington's commitment to ensuring its success. What TSMC is contemplating doing in Arizona is pathbreaking. You know, and they are investing in the United States, and we're grateful that they're doing that, and we're going to make sure it's successful. Raimondo said that by 2030, the U.S. aims to hold a 20% share in the advanced logic chip market, up from zero. TSMC's global expansion will be a key step toward that objective. China has again tightened its grip on stock trading. It's hit major institutional investors with a net sales ban during the first and last 30 minutes of each trading session. The measure is the government's most forceful attempt yet to prop up its struggling stock market. Another recent measure is closer scrutiny on the activity of quant funds, which use computer algorithms to conduct trade. The latest measure means that if the market closes at 3 p.m., you can't sell after 2.30. This prevents the release of selling pressure. It puts this pressure on pause, but the market will still decline in the days to come. 
all the markets will decline. The other thing is, I believe that institutional investors, especially those who work with quantitative funds, will sell off their stocks in advance, causing quant funds to gradually fade out of China. China recently ousted the head of its securities watchdog, replacing him with veteran regulator Wu Qing, nicknamed the Broker Butcher. Wu has only been in office for 10 days, but he's already launched a sharp crackdown on traders. According to Bloomberg, the new restrictions could give investors another reason to avoid the Chinese stock market. When you order delivery, do you leave a tip? In Zhanghua's Lugang, rumors have grown up around a delivery platform user who leaves amazing tips. All the local delivery riders hope to get this mystery patron's orders. They leave up to 70,000 NT in tips each year. The tipping function is new to the platform, but it seems to have taken off. There's a house there where they tip every time. If you spend 200 NT, they even give you an extra 30 NT or so. They even give you a tip on 100 NT. So the rumors are true. A delivery app user in Lugang Zhanghua is a big tipper who often doubles the payment. But this delivery rider says it's not a surprise. It's all about luck. If you get their order, you know there will definitely be a tip. Data from the delivery platform shows that this mysterious Lugang user orders delivery regularly and leaves an average tip of 100 NT on each order. They have tipped more than 70,000 NT in one year. Local delivery riders all look forward to this user's orders, hoping that today is their lucky day. That's how they do things, because most have tips. I don't know why. This generous attitude is not limited to just the one user. Around Lunar New Year, there are lots of customers in Zhanghua who are happy to splash the cash. I had a woman who ordered some drinks for 400 NT, and she gave me a 1,000 NT bill and told me, Happy New Year, keep the change. The delivery platform claims that since the tipping function was added in 2022, the county with the most tips is Jinmen, followed by Jilong and Ilan. The user who tips the largest amounts of money is this mystery customer in Lugang. The old town is famous for its many snacks and local dishes, and perhaps the user is grateful to live in this culinary mecca. Taiwan's domestically built submarine, the Narwhal, has entered the third and final stage of harbor acceptance testing. It completed a launch test on Tuesday after being towed from a factory to a dock. When asked if the sub will be delivered by Inauguration Day or May 20th, the defense chief said only that the Narwhal is progressing on schedule. In the last stage of harbor acceptance testing, the narwhal will undergo a tilt test that measures its actual weight and verifies the accuracy of its computer designs. If the weights are uneven, adjustments will be made to battery placement to ensure balance and buoyancy. After completing this test, the narwhal will move on to see acceptance testing, the final step before delivery. Taiwanese esports player Kagami has won the Capcom Cup 10 in California. Kagami, also known as Uma, entered as an underdog with no backing team and just 300 US in his pocket. He made his way up the ranks, beating competitors from around the world for the title and grand prize for 1 million US. And ladies and gentlemen, a million dollars is going to be awarded to 
He KOs his opponent and throws a fist in the air to celebrate. This is Taiwan esports player Kagami, also known as UMA. During a post-match interview, he was brimming with confidence. When they announced the prize was one million U.S. dollars, I knew the title was mine. Kagami went to the U.S. with just 300 U.S. dollars in his pocket, or around 10,000 NT. He made his way to the top, beating opponents from Mexico, South Korea, and Hong Kong. How much has your community supported you in the process of becoming a champion? I'd like to thank my community back home and my family. They very much supported my participation in this Street Fighter tournament, allowing me the chance to win this championship today. Immediately after Kagami's win, the Chinese Taipei Esports Association posted a congratulatory message on Facebook. The post was blasted by internet users, who said the association had offered Kagami no help or promotion and was now trying to cash in on his success. In response, the association said the Capcom Cup 10 was a commercial competition held by a gaming company. Players generally participate in such competitions on their own, as they are not eligible for subsidies under the association's rules. The association added that the post had simply aimed to give Kagami more exposure. Taiwan esports players have performed well at fighting game tournaments in recent years. Last year, two Taiwanese players snatched silver and bronze at the Hangzhou Asian Games in the Street Fighter V event. Kagami's win on Monday has once again put Taiwan on the map for its esports prowess. The Weichun Dragons cheerleading squad has a new star in its ranks. It's none other than Mizuki Lin, who left the rival Rakuten girls to join the Dragon Beauties. Lin broke the news on social media in a post that garnered thousands of likes and hundreds of comments. But one comment in particular left the cheerleader agog. With two thumbs up and a smile, the ever-popular Mizuki Lin poses at a promotional event one day after dropping a bombshell announcement. Lin has jumped ship from the Rakuten Monkeys to the Weichun Dragons. She announced the news on Facebook, inviting fans to dance with dragons and be dragons among men. The post even received a comment from Weichun Dragons fan and Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an. The comment read, Is Taipei your home turf now? On behalf of the city, I welcome you home. I'm a Dragons fan. It has nothing to do with whether I'm a fan of Mizuki. I fully support the Weichun Dragons, including its cheerleading squad. I sent a screenshot to my friend and he was dying with laughter. I thought, wow, he even visited my fan page to leave a comment. It's really cool and unexpected. But Jiang's comment has raised a few eyebrows. Some wondered if his wife, Jane Shi, was aware of the online interaction. I'm a fan of Jane, Jane Shi. I must say, the comment yesterday was actually left by my spokesperson, Yin Wei. So Jiang wasn't behind the comment after all. Speaking to local media, Lin shared that she hadn't gained any weight over the Lunar New Year and had even stepped up her training to get a six-pack. On the first day of spring training with the Weichun Dragons, she met up with her new squad mates, many of them familiar faces. She already knows the lyrics to her new team songs. I really love the feeling of being at the ballpark. I'll keep bringing the good vibes. Lin will debut as a Dragon Beauty at the first game of the season on March 30th. She says she can't wait to see everyone at the Taipei Dome. 
Today we take you to meet Liao Shuzhen, a former music teacher who's 90 years young. After retiring, she began learning ballet, art, and how to do a headstand. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Liao to discover how she's making the most of her golden years. Liao Shuzhen dances gracefully to the music. Liao is 90 years old this year, but to her, age is just a number. She's just as agile and flexible as ever and has been studying ballet for over a year. Besides learning ballet, she's also mastered the headstand. The headstand pose is good for brain atrophy and blood circulation. I slowly learned it at home. I was scared at first and would fall, but now I am stable and I can count to 100. Her daily routine comprises exercising and painting. She loves art and has held several exhibitions in Taiwan and abroad. After I retired, I had the opportunity to learn different things. I signed up to learn ink painting. I went to the social education center to learn ink painting. I feel very happy every day because I like art very much. I paint with ink, paint with watercolors, and go to the sports center every day. In the morning, I move around at home and draw pictures, and then visit the sports center in the afternoon. If I get home a little earlier, I do finger exercises and play the piano. Then I rest in the evening and watch TV and the news. In her golden years, Liao teaches piano classes occasionally. Before her retirement, she was an elementary school music teacher. My profession was a primary school music teacher. I like the piano very much, I told myself. What are the secrets to fulfilling retirement? Lao points to exercise, good life habits, a social life, and continuous learning. <laughs> Young people look at their phones too much. Then they go to bed too late at night. We have to rest before 11 o'clock because that's what's dictated by our biological clock. We must pay attention to our diet. ICQs at drink shops, that's not very good. People should exercise, maintain good living habits and socialize. Don't stay at home watching TV and sleeping. A few times a week, Liao exercises with her friends and granddaughter at a park. Her granddaughter Xiao Yuwen is a fitness trainer for older adults. The biggest thing I learned from her is that you should never stop learning. It's so true. My grandma was a teacher, so she needs to keep improving in her profession. Even in retirement, she doesn't let her life become empty. I don't know how to swim and I was very afraid of water. Sogo had a gym and a swimming pool, so I started to learn on my own. Because of my shin splints, I used to suffer from back pain and couldn't walk. Rehabilitation didn't help, so I went swimming. I now swim freestyle and backstroke. After that, my back recovered. Liao hopes to inspire everyone to be a lifelong learner and live a healthy life. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zhen Chen Luo in Taipei. To help convicts develop marketable skills, Taidong Prison has for many years run a program in which prisoners offer affordable car washing services. Now, Big Brother Car Wash is a hit among drivers who love the low prices. 
However, other car wash operators are upset at the unfair competition, resulting in the closure of one of two such prison programs. Car wash employees wipe a car window clean using a power washer to clear off the grime from hood to trunk and even the tires and floor mats. No detail goes unnoticed. This worker opens the rear door for a deep clean in the back seat. Everyone like him in a yellow vest is a convict whose car wash services are so beloved by the drivers of Taidong that they make regular cleaning appointments. You can't find this price anywhere else in Taidong. Most car washes are 800 NT to 900 NT, but here it's only 150 NT to 200 NT. The key is their attitude toward the work. I've been coming here for years, every year. It's cheaper here. Most car hand-washing businesses charge about 700 to 1,200 NT, depending on vehicle size, with additional charges for special services. On the other hand, the prison car wash charges 300 NT max. Yet the low prices have attracted the ire of other car wash businesses, whose protests have reduced the program from two classes to one. The original idea was to let the students practice on prison employees' vehicles, then join the car wash after learning how. They can use their newfound skills, then after getting out, they could start their own business or find a job. The Taidong Prison Car Wash class has been around for over 20 years. At first, the goal was to teach inmates a marketable skill to help them get back on their feet after getting out. Incidentally, it's their exemplary skills that have made the Big Brother Car Wash a huge hit.